0: You're listening to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Dixon. Hi, guys! Welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Craig Dixon with you once again. Last time I left off with you guys, Islanders come. We're coming off this huge win over the Winnipeg Jets in dramatic fashion in the final mi- minutes of the game to steal a game. Uh, and when I left off with you, the Islanders were just one win away from clinching at home. They did that, made the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs with a 5-1 to one win over the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres have been really, re- really fell apart in the second half of the year. Islanders just completely dominated this game. It was really over from the get-go. Islanders were up 5-0 at one point, getting goals from Jordan Everly. Anthony Beauvillier, Michael Dalcole Ryan Pulak, and Beauvillier again. And then Buffalo got a goal once the Islanders uh, let off the gas a little bit. Islanders had a chance to really go for that division title. Um, they got some help from the out- from outside teams as well. Uh, Islanders did have their rematch against John Tavares and the Toronto Maple Leafs. This was a very closely con- uh, competed match. Uh, Islanders just unfortunately fell behind by two of course John Tavera scored against us because why the hell not uh so Islanders didn't really generate a lot of uh scoring opportunities against Freddie Anderson on that game so they did they did kind of turn it on with like about five minutes left but it was too little too late uh Eberle scored to get them within one and then they just ran out of time uh you you don't hate the effort it, it was it was a good overall effort um they just they really didn't generate enough five on five in that game, and their power play again abysmal. Um, and yeah, as I've said, I said it, I'll say it on every op- episode. You can't win every game. Uh, as much as that would have been nice, um, if they had won that game, they would have had a chance to fight for the division title in the last game of the season against the Capitals. But because they stayed at the same spot, uh, I think at that point there were three points behind them. It seemed too little, too late for them to really have a shot at it um washington ended up clinching in game 81 of their season so islanders still had a fight for home ice advantage um they had a two two to one win over the florida panthers um the islanders got their goal from brock nelson and uh right and the the game went into a shootout islanders really needed that extra point uh Pittsburgh was right on their ass at that point. Um, Islanders, so they went to a shootout, went four rounds uh, – sorry, five rounds. And Brock Nelson got the game winner in the shootout as well, so he was the hero of that game, as was uh, – that was Thomas Grice in that game because Leonard was a little sore going into that game, uh, but was nothing serious. So it turned out to be great. Uh, Islanders won, got that extra point. It would have – you know – it, at that point, it was really the standings didn't really matter about shootouts. Uh, I'm sorry, about regulation overtime wins, so it didn't really make too much of a difference. So the Islanders had to go into the last game of the season with a win to guarantee home ice in the playoffs, facing off against the already clinched first place Metro Division winner, Washington Capitals. So the Capitals rested a lot of stars, Backstrom uh, rested, uh, TJ Oshie was rested, Ovechkin did play, Um, Hopi did not play, they ended up starting their backup Copley. So the Islanders had a real good chance with a win to get in, it didn't matter, it could have been a shootout, overtime, regulation, just needed the two points, actually they only needed one point, an overtime loss would have done it as well. Um, Or if they couldn't pull that through, they needed the Rangers to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in the last game which also ended up happening anyway but regardless of that the Islanders did win this game and in a surprising turn of events Val, Val-, Val Filippula came back early from his uh projected uh return um he was scheduled to be out four weeks with an injury he was out about two and a half and he can't we heard rumors going into that game that he might be ready for the first game of the playoffs, um, and then just kind of that morning, the last game of the season, they announced first thing in the morning that it's like I'd expect him to be back in the lineup. He was back in the lineup, and he was also the hero of the game. Uh, besides, obviously, Robin Leonard who pitched a shutout. Islanders win the last game of the season, three nothing over the Washington Capitals. Two goals from Filipula in his return. Well, I mean, what else could you ask for? The guy comes back two at weeks early and he scores two goals. That's that's huge. So Filppula actually finishes the season with 17 goals, which is I doubt anybody was even predicting 10 out of Filppula after the last couple seasons for him outside of uh, the Islanders organization. And Matt Martin hit the clincher with uh, about eh about two and a half minutes left, uh, empty net goal. Uh, so. Islanders finish the season strong, end up in second place in the Metropolitan Division, ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins, the third-place Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Islanders officially going to the playoffs as the home team with the home ice advantage for the first time since the 1988 season. I was two years going on three the last time that happened. Islanders actually ended up finishing fifth in the league an overall record with 103 points. The first time they've had 103 points since the 1984 season, uh, which obviously was a good one because they went to the Stanley Cup final that year, despite in a losing effort. Uh, Islanders, I mean, guys, I, I you can't say this enough. What what an amazing season um, going into the regular season. I, I mean, I didn't even you know when it as soon as that draft. I'm sorry, not the draft, but as soon as uh, free, agency, free agency clicked in and the reality that John Tavares had left the team um, and the team was already a team that struggled very mightily last year um, with pretty much the same guys now minus a superstar, the expectations were not very high for many of us. And I, I would be lying if I said I thought this team was going to finish with the fifth best record in the NHL. I had, a, I had an idea that they might be in the playoff conversation, much like uh, Brian Compton said. He kind of thought they might be a fringe playoff team. That was my best-case scenario. I mean, this is well beyond all expectations. A phenomenal season, regardless of how the rest of the way plays out. But now that you're here, and now that you've seen what this team can do with limited talent and good structure and a roster of pesky forwards and shutdown defensemen and two a, a a two goalie system that's both work that that are both working out. It almost would be disappointing to see where this turns out and the Islanders get flipped in the first round. I mean my favorite memory of being an Islander fan is the 1993 run. I was very young, but it was fun. Like I had no idea how many rounds there even were back then, but I knew they won a couple, and that meant, man, they must be close. Um, you know, they were, what, uh, three wins away from going to the cup final? Of course, they, you know, they suffered without Turgeon in that series. But, you know, um, for the most of my adult life and in, you know, my adolescence, uh, Islanders have been pretty much a first-round first elimination team. Um, 2002 against the Maple Leafs. 2003 against the Senators, 2004 against the Lightning, uh, 2000 what seven against Buffalo, Pittsburgh in 2013, um, Washington in 2015. You know, of course, we had the 2016 series against the Florida Panthers that we finally won. But again, like that team was probably worse than the that island that the 2016 Islanders were worse than the 2015 Islanders. Yet somehow, by luck, they ended up facing probably the worst division winner in the last 20 years. And I don't know how the hell the Florida Panthers won their division that year. I I have no idea how that happened. But they did, and the Islanders were the first wild card spot. So they faced the lesser of the two division winners. And, I mean, Thomas Grice and John Tavares won that series. Let's not act like the Islanders played well in that series. Um, it, It... it happens. Uh, Islanders finally put that got that monkey off their shoulder, first series win in 23 years um and guess what, we haven't been back since then. Um and guess what, we got we got kicked out of the second round pretty quickly in 5 games. I know the Islanders were in the series one when it was 1-1, they had a chance to actually go up 2-1 at home in Barclays and uh I forget who gave up they gave up a late goal, Grice gave up a late goal in the third period and they ended up losing in overtime very frustrating game. That was actually the first playoff game I didn't go to that year. Uh and I'm kind of glad I didn't cuz that was that was a heartbreaking one. And then as soon as they lost that game, fell behind in the series 2 to 1. They didn't have another chance and they were kind of out of it. They did I think they lost two games in overtime to believe it or not. Um but I it happens, but this team is something different. This is not a team like the 2016 Islanders which kind of Probably played a little over their heads. I mean, this team is playing over their heads, but that team should have done better. They should have dominated games. They had Kyle Okposo in his prime. They had Franz Nielsen playing amazing. They had John John Tavares doing his normal thing. Uh, you know, that was the last year of the original uh, the original run of the the fourth line. Uh, so, I I just and you know that was the emergence of Thomas Grice that year. Um, you know, he filled in for when Halak went down with an injury. But that team just, like, overachieved. I, it never should have gotten out of the first round. And and it showed in the second round. But, like, now that the Islanders have already exceeded expectations, it's more like the 2015 season where I thought the Islanders were actually probably the better team when they lost that seven-game series to the Capitals. Um, they just got, you know, a lucky overtime goal in what was a game four. Um, it happens. But, you know... I, I don't want to compare them to the the this current 2019 Islander team to the 2015 team that much, but they have a similar vibe. Like it just felt felt like all things things are starting to come together. Um, maybe less of like a, maybe not so much a good comparison because the 2015 felt like the like okay, all of our early draft picks are starting to c- contribute. Ryan Strom was putting up points, uh, Brock Nelson was putting up points. You know, John Tavares had been putting up points for a number of years at that point. Kyle Poso was still a great uh, point producer, you know? Like, so it was like a homegrown feel to that team. And yet, this team is more of like, a, this is like the Garst Snow leftovers in the, you know, before the season started, everyone's like, oh, Scott Mayfield contract, the uh, Ross Johnson contract, which I guess is still up for debate. Uh, the Adam Pelic contract, the Casey Cizikas contract, the Cal Clutterbuck con- contract, and now we're here. We are, we're still holding on to all those contracts that Garth Snow signed and made us kind of all scratch our heads when the team was not playing very well. And you know, we have those guys just hung over from the Snow era, and then we got the Lou Lamorello guys, who you know Lou didn't make a ton of moves um in the off season, you know. He was in it with Tavares until the very end. The Islanders were the last team out of the Tavares sweepstakes, which still fucking stings to this day. So they didn't really have a backup plan for free agency, so they signed a bunch of guys who, you know, were not highly sought out. I'm sure that they had a couple suitors um, in Leo Komarov and Philpula and I'm definitely forgetting somebody, Tom Kunackle, like, nobody really wanted any of these guys, um, uh, Lucas Pisa, which, you know, obviously that one hasn't worked out, but Lou I must have a crystal ball or something to know that Filpula would have such a good season, now, the Leo Komarov contract is definitely still going to be a problem that's going to be addressed in the offseason, season but Kunackle has been effective especially lately um i i really dumped on him a couple times in the first couple episodes um, but that was when they were playing him in favor of you know Michael the Michael Dalcols and the whatnot and the Andrew Ladd which of course now seems absolutely absurd considering he's out for the year again uh, but anyway anyway i'm going off on this on this tangent it's just it's unbelievable with with the roster that Lou has assembled with the the leftover of the snow era and his bargain bin pickups that he made um it's unbelievable that this team is where they are fifth place in a 31 division team that's unbelievable in a season that nobody expected them to be here so the islanders are facing off you'll probably most of you listening to this is listening to this on wednesday afternoon or morning and uh so the first game of the series boys is at NYCB Live, home of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, tonight, Wednesday, April 10th, 7.30 p.m. You can catch it on MSG, or it's actually also on NBC Sports for the, for the out-of-market fans out there. Uh, game 2, also back at the Coliseum on Friday night, 7.30. I'm sure that'll be a little bit more raucous, especially if the Islanders have a 1-0 series lead going into that. But you know on a Friday night crowd when the when the crowd doesn't have to worry about going to work the next day hungover you know it might even be more rambunctious maybe even a loss would energize them even more who knows you never know uh the series goes back to Pittsburgh. well it goes to pittsburgh for the first time sunday afternoon at noon noon game a game that islander fans are very familiar with uh especially in the actually the 2013 playoff series against these same penguins uh It was the first game at the Coliseum uh, since—first playoff game at the Coliseum since 2007. Um, So going to that game in 2003 uh, was—2013, I should say. It was absolutely huge. It was a Sunday. People were tailgating at 7 a.m. I happen to be one of them. Uh, They didn't serve alcohol in the Coliseum until noon because of some— Alcohol sales law on Sundays that I still don't understand to this day. Um, I remember waiting on a line where they literally couldn't serve anything, but people were waiting for them to start selling. So it was like a line 30, 40 people deep, and there's like six lines. Uh, It was insane, and me and my friends were the first ones on the line. We got on the line like 15 minutes before 12, and, uh, which was also the time the puck drop was supposed to be, but you know, they always, it's always a little later than that. And, uh, they had this sign up saying we can't serve alcohol till noon. I'll never forget the countdown. Everybody started counting down with 10 seconds left at eleven fifty-nine, <laughs> And, uh, Play start erupted when uh they ripped down the sign at 12 noon and our first beers were actually poured before noon but we weren't weren't legally able to hand our money over to buy it so we had to wait a minute or two got a got a salivating for some beers and uh boy that game was a game i'll never forget islanders ended up losing that game in overtime but the atmosphere of that game that first game back in the coliseum in several years a playoff game i should say That was unbelievable, and I really imagine that this series will be very similar to that series against Pittsburgh in 2013. A lot of guys on both teams were in that series. You know, obviously you have the uh, Crosby's, the Malkins, the Latangs, and those those Penguins beat the Islanders in six games in a much better showing that most people expected the Islanders to do and most people kind of wrote them off the Islanders were the eighth seed that year they didn't look like they were probably gonna do much against the highly powered offense of uh the Pittsburgh Penguins but the Islanders were in that series um there was only like one game that they really weren't in I believe maybe it was two I, I can't recall but um you know the Islanders lost two games in overtime at the Coliseum and they win those two games uh the Islanders win that series so you know that's that's how it, that's how it, that's how it unfortunately rolls when you're when you have a young team now a lot of Islanders were on that team uh, that are still with the Islanders or who had, in Matt Martin's case have come back you got Casey Zizekas, uh Josh Bailey Brock Nelson made his NHL debut in that series um who else was in that uh you know we had the clutterbucks Letty Boychuk Hickey was even there uh so you know this was uh not really expected of the Islanders to to make it to that series, and you know, and then we're in a kind of similar spot now. So they're the they're the home team. So we get games one, two, five, and seven, if necessary. I'm sure five definitely will be played. Six, uh, five, uh, sorry, seven, maybe not, depending on how it goes. Uh, so yeah, so the series goes back to Pittsburgh on sun, a noon game on Sunday. I went off on another one of my tangents there. Game four goes back to Pittsburgh Tuesday night, seven thirty. Uh, and if necessary, it'll come back to the Coliseum on Thursday, April eighteenth. Going back to Pittsburgh on Saturday for a potential Game Six, and on Monday would be the the game, the game, the game of games. Uh, Monday on uh, against Pittsburgh. Uh, at the Coliseum so Islanders have that advantage they get to start the series at home if it goes the distance they get to finish the se- series at home um, this is a this is a huge moment for this franchise this team hasn't had an opportunity to be the team in even in the New York area like they've every year that they've made the playoffs there was another team in, uh in, in one, another local team in the playoffs with them whether it being the Devils or the Rangers and most of the time, the Devils and the Rangers, you know, as I said on my very first episode of this, is they get all the media coverage. Uh, you know, the Devils have three cups in their, re- not recent history, but in the last 20 years. The Rangers, of course, are, you know, Broadway, um, the more recent Stanley Cup winner of the th- three of us, uh, the two of us, I should say. Um, Devils have won several times since then. Because uh, fuck the Rangers. Uh Anyway, uh, so that so that's a series right here. So a lot of people are picking the uh, Penguins. Obviously, naturally, you got to go with uh, a team that won the Stanley Cup two out of the last three years, and only maybe didn't win last year because they lost to the eventual Cup champion Washington Capitals. So this is a huge series. Islanders cannot afford to lose games one and two. I mean, ideally, you don't want to lose either of these games, but you lose your two games going into this series, your first two games at home. You're done. You're not coming back in this series. I don't see the Islanders coming, falling behind two nothing in this series and coming back to battle on the road for the because then the rest of the series is mostly in Pittsburgh. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Tonight's a big one. Um, so Michael Dal came out of the lineup uh, in favor of Filpula's return. Um, I would have probably been complaining about that about uh, two weeks ago, but uh, Kunakal is look good in his a. a in Philpula's uh, absence, uh, I thought Dalcole looked really good. I think Dalcole will play at some point this series. Possibly after an Islanders loss when maybe the third line has a couple breakdowns. Maybe even Leo Komarov gets benched for the first time this season. Wouldn't that be something? Um, especially considering Philpula kills penalties. Kunaka kills pe- penalties. Komarov kills penalties. So I don't know how many of these similar players we need on the team. Obviously, you need two uh killing uh, penalty killing units so we'll see we'll see what happens with Camara but i imagine if that third line has a bad game somebody's coming out for My- Michael Dalcole cuz Michael Dalcole really makes this team a little bit more exciting i know he didn't put up a lot of numbers this year he did score a goal in the second to last game of the season um so or was it the third last game doesn't matter um so the islanders you know, are going to rely on Kunakle. They're going to rely on Filip on that third line. Um, I I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. We'll see. We'll see what happened We'll see what happens though. Um, sounds like uh, so. Robin Leonard returned for the last game of the season. Obviously, I talked about that before. He's got it. He pitched a shutout, which was great to see. To see that he was his general body soreness or whatever it was is all healed up and he's ready to go. He's had a couple days to rest now. Um, so. Here we are, man. We're ready for the playoffs. Islanders not getting a lot of love. Uh, Even uh, a big Islander fan uh, for NHL.com, Brian Compton, did not pick the Islanders. Um, I know a lot of the local guys did. I saw all three uh, hockey uh, people... uh, all beat writers, and they're, well, they're not all beat writers, only uh, Andrew Gross is the beat writer, but anyway, but the three, three of uh, their staff predictions all picked Islanders, Uh, I think Neil Best picked the Islanders in five, I mean, that's a bold fucking strategy, (laughs) saying the Penguins are only winning one game, I love it, I love that optimism, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I'm hearing it on the podcast too, the podcasts are a little bit, um, a little pessimistic, some of them are optimistic, I'm not saying all of them, Um, again, but Compton picked uh, the um i i don't see how this series doesn't go seven because this team is so the islanders are so well coached and they as long as they don't have any breakdowns where they just start taking a ton of penalties i think they're gonna be in most of these games they sure they might lose one game like four to one or five nothing and maybe grice gets a start in here we'll talk i guess i'll talk about that too um but I, I don't see the Islanders getting shelled in multiple games in a row. I just don't see it. They have the ability to shut down games. We've seen it all season. How many games did the Islanders win with, uh, by a score of 2-1 to one or 3-2 to two or a couple 1-0 games? Islanders are capable of shutting down the other team's offense. Yes, Crosby is scary. Phil Kessel is scary. Gensel is an amazing talent um, Malkin's always waiting in the wings, Latang is scary good, but the Islanders' defense is also very good, guys, I, they have the opportunity here, uh, Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, Scott Mayfield, and Devin Taves have emerged into a solid core four defenseman here, and of course you have, you know, Letty, who struggled at times last year, definitely has improved this year, and Boychuck, Oh, I've said he's not the most skilled guy. He's not the fleetest on foot, but he is the anchor of this team, and the team just seems to play better in general when he's in the lineup. Um, So Islanders have it. They do have the ability to shut these guys down. Um, Doesn't mean that Crosby's gonna go scoreless. Doesn't mean that Kessel's gonna go scoreless or Gensel. Uh, It's it's gonna be tough. But the Islanders have the ability to do it. We've seen them do it all year. They've beaten teams that can that can that have a high-powered offense. They've done it countless times, and the Islanders have also come back from games in which they've fallen behind. So let's not all get too worried. I don't want to hear the boo birds out early in the playoff game uh, when the Islanders maybe fall behind one or two nothing in the first period. It's eventually gonna happen they're gonna fall behind in this series at some point in some game so i don't want to hear anything about it i don't want to hear that the islanders don't deserve to be there that the power play starts getting booed i know the power play by all means deserves to get booed they are finished in one of the worst what three teams in the league in the power play they're going to struggle on the power play you know but that's, that's just that's just a fact of it at this point. They're not going to fix it going... In, they, we're in the playoffs now. They played 82 games to try and figure it out, and they didn't. And it's unfortunate. You'd like their power play to really be the anchor of your team, that really gets you back into games when you're down and you have an opportunity to get back in it. The Islanders haven't been able to do that, and that's fine. That's fine. We know who these guys are now. We just know we can't rely on the power play to get our wins. Penalty kill has its up... has his, it's had its ups and downs. It's not been perfect, but it also hasn't been terrible. Um, it was pretty bad when Philpil was out, and now he's back. So I'm hoping that maybe we get a little bit of a boost there and we get a little less Leo Komarov on those in those minutes. Um, so that should help. I, Pittsburgh has a great power play. We all know that. They have three of the best players in the last 20 years on their team right now and another one in the Rising in Gensel. So... It's the high-powered offense. They're going to score goals. I'm almost guaranteeing you they will score a power play goal in this series. Let's not re- let's not all panic. I know the instinct is to just boo and start complaining on Twitter. It's it's gonna be okay. Islanders are okay. You're al- they're allowed to lose a game here. Remember, at the end of the day, you know I-, I know Tampa Bay like what wins like what nine out of every ten games. It seems like, but. All it takes to win a series is win one game over 500. That's all it takes. You know, you're 3 and 3 and you win that one more to go one game over 500. You just got to stay over 500. Islanders can drop a game. They can drop two. They can even drop 3. They can't full they can't drop 2 or 3 early. That's going to be tough. I don't see this team having the maturity to get into the playoffs. Now Islanders have a couple guys who have played a lot of uh, playoff games, including Filippula, just back from injury. Big plus to get him back in the lineup. Kunakal played a lot with the Penguins, won two cups with the Penguins recently. Johnny Boytruck won a cup with uh, the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, (laughs) Boston Bruins. Uh, Nick Letty won a cup with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. There's a lot of guys with experience. And then, you know, guess what? There are our own guys who have played a lot of playoff games. Matt Martin plays played every Islander playoff game in the last couple years and including a couple trips with uh with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh Josh Bailey Casey Sezikis has been on all the recent playoff runs Brock Nelson has been in the in the playoffs every year since then you know uh Anders Lee is the only one who really doesn't have a ton of experience of the guys who've been on the team for a while and that's because he was hurt one year and the other year he got benched in two games and he didn't and he wasn't in the league in 2013 so Islanders do have experience. Uh Thomas Grice was the hero of the twenty sixteen playoff run. Uh Leonard, not so much, but it seems like he'll get the play- bulk of the playoff starts for now until maybe he falters. If he falters, we will see. Um I think uh it you know, I, I I'm I'm probably just sounding like I'm repeating what other podcasts are saying, but I, I do want to agree with what Mike Carver said on the IL Seat podcast that it's most likely not a, necessarily a bad thing if you see Thomas Grice in this series. And that's that's something you can't say. Or maybe that was Islanders' a- <laughs> anxiety with uh, Michael Leboff and uh, Dan Saraceni. I don't know. I, I might be, I've listened to so many podcasts in the last couple of days um, that I'm just – I don't even remember who says what anymore. Um, so predictions? You guys want a prediction from me? I think – the Islanders are gonna beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, in six or seven games. I'm gonna to lean towards seven. I really think that last game is gonna help that they have that they have the whole mice advantage. I I really don't think. I, I I almost really want to say six games because I feel like this team is just there's something special about this group of this this group this like group of lovable losers. Like nobody nobody saw them going this far, and here we are on the cusp of opening opening with a better record than the like a two-time recent stanley cup champion who we're facing in the first round like they're coming to our barn to watch us tear the goddamn place down the islanders the place is going to be rocking islanders got to capitalize on that got to put the pressure on pittsburgh to produce at home and then boy imagine islanders being up the series two nothing going back to pittsburgh and getting maybe an early like lucky lead on a on a, a fluke goal then Pittsburgh fans will get all over Pittsburgh and maybe starts getting in their heads. So, uh I'm not counting on any of that to happen, but I'm looking forward to this game. I will be there tomorrow at uh tonight, I should say for those listening against the Pittsburgh Penguins game 1 at the Coliseum. Uh yeah, there's not much else to say, guys. It's a big series. I wish I, I wish I had more insight in what I think. I do think. Um, I, I guess I should, I, I, I should talk about the, uh, I guess the pros and cons of each aspect of the Penguins. Uh, so I talked about the offense. The offense is great. The power play is great. Penalty kill, uh, from what I remember reading, is not too great. I don't really follow the power play, uh, for other teams. Uh, to uh, penalty kill for other teams, to be honest. Um. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Penalty kill it doesn't really matter because the Islanders' power play is garbage. So I'm sure their power, penalty kill is going to look great against us. Goaltending, I mean, they have Matt Murray. He has won two Stanley Cups. But both of those years that he won a cup, he had help from Flory. Uh, Marc-Andre Flory was split time with him in both of those seasons yeah Murray stole the job away from him a couple times and it looked like every time Flory would win it back Murray would win it back too but you know they had that cushion kind of like we have the Grice and Leonard combo right now it's just like as soon as one guy seems like he's running away with it and maybe he falters and then the other guy picks it up they don't have that anymore and, I, and I, I'm gonna say this as a fan of Matt Murray I actually like Matt Murray he's he's a good goaltender um, he's a young guy, he's on a, he's in a tough market with a team that's expected to compete for the Stanley Cup every year, and he struggled the last few years, he's a good guy, yeah. I like, I have him on my fantasy team, okay, so I follow him, like, pretty consistently, and I've had him on my team for a few years now, and he's very inconsistent, he had s- several stretches, especially last year, but this year as well, where he just didn't look like a guy who, like you, you're going like this guy won a like, Stanley Cup with this team. Like what happened? Um, so he does, he is not always going to be uh, on his A game. Unfortunately for the Islanders, going into the last couple weeks of the season, the Penguins really put put a push on the Islanders, and Islanders had the lead in the Metro. They lost it to the Capitals, but they almost lost their home ice advantage as well. And that's because Pittsburgh was playing really well. And Matt Murray was had a lot to do with that. He played really good down the stretch um, to get the Penguins, basically k- to keep the Penguins out of the wild card spot. Because at one point early in the season, it looked like Columbus was going to have a, t- a top three finish in this division, and then later in the season, it looked like Carolina could could slip in there too. So you know, Matt Murray is going to be tough. I don't I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk like everybody else seems to think. It's not going to be like Flory in the 2013 playoffs. Um, so that's something the Islanders need to beat. I obviously the the, the Penguins have the better defenseman of the two teams in Crystal Tang. Crystal Tang is an amazing defensive offensive defenseman. He's going to score, he's going to put up points in this series. Um and he's definitely the best defenseman on either team right now. That said, doesn't mean the Islanders aren't probably better 2 to 6 than the Penguins are 2 to 6. Uh Pens have Schultz, he's been pretty much hurt all year Ali Mata has been meh at times I have a couple other guys uh we got listen I I talked about it before Johnny Boychuk, Nick Letty Scotty Mayfield Devin Taves and guess what that and I'm not I'm leaving out I didn't even finish saying the top six guys um I, I'll, I might as well finish it now Ryan Pulak and who did I forget Scotty Mayfield did I say that twice it eh, doesn't matter you guys know who the top six are, but then they got Thomas Hickey waiting in the wings in case somebody gets hurt. And then even if somebody else gets hurt, they got Lucas Spisa, who's not the great, not the most talented guy. And if it comes down to him being in the series, then then there's a, definitely a big problem. But you know they got call-ups options too. I'm sure I, they don't want to pull guys out of the uh, Sound Tigers playoff run. But uh, Sebastian Aho was an Aho was a AHL All-Star this year in his second year in the league. Um, He's going to be an NHLer possibly next year. So, Islanders are definitely probably a more solid group defensively. Offensively, definitely not. Islanders have struggled to score all year. They got to the playoffs on good goaltending, good defense, good structure. Not on goal-scoring ability, um, which sucks because that's one of the few things they were good at last year. But the departure of John Tavares and the lack of power play probably as a result of losing him. Got us to this point where we're more of a we're like a mid '90s Devils team where we're not we're not we don't have the highest powered offense, but we can win games two to one, maybe get a Brodor type performance out of uh, out of Leonard or Grice and go all the way to the conference finals this year. Who knows? Um, The other matchups in the Eastern Conference are. The Washington Capitals taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, who m- making their first playoff appearance in ten years. Uh, other series is, um, sorry, I'm I'm blanking on. Was it was it the Carolina Hurricanes? I'm, I'm, now I'm totally blanking. Yeah, yeah, they're playing. With it, yeah, sorry. Uh, I I just I I'm getting it all mixed up. Yeah, but that was right. That was right. Sorry. Uh, the Lightning, the be- probably the best regular season team in 20 years, is taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets, who did end up still making the playoffs after making all those crazy trades at the deadline. Um, the Boston Bruins are taking on the Maple Leafs. I think the Boston Bruins are a sleeper to win the Cup this year. I mean, they're not really a sleeper. They were one of the top four teams in the league this year. Uh, In the Western Conference, you got the Jets versus the Blues, the Predators versus the Stars, the Sharks versus the Golden Knights, and the Flames and the Avalanche. Um, I already told you guys I think the Islanders win in 6 or 7. I think I'm going to just stick with 6. I'm going to go with 6 this time. I don't think we even need that that last home game. Uh, Capitals, Hurricanes, I I think the Hurricanes are a great story this year. I don't think they're beating the reigning Stanley Cup defending champions, even if they don't have Barry Trotz behind the bench anymore. I still think it'll probably be a tough series. I'm going to say Capitals in 6 um lightning and blue jackets i'm sorry columbus has no chance in this lightning are going to win this game the series in five um boston and maple Leafs is probably going to be a very very tough matchup i see almost everybody's picking the bruins in this one and like i i get wary of that like i it's like i hate it when everybody picks a team because i feel like that motivates the team that doesn't get picked and the Bruins obviously had a much better regular season than the than this, uh, the Leafs who definitely struggled in the last like 20 or so games of the season. But I I still think this series is going a distance. This is going to be a seven-game series and I think Boston ends up I do think Boston does prevail, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think it is. Jets and the Blues. I know the Blue Boy, the Blues really turned it on the second half of the season, didn't they? Uh, I'm a big Winnipeg Jets fan. I I know that but Maybe it's because we beat them 5-4 to four in that crazy come-from-behind game. Um, I've said to my friends that I think the Jets are winning it, but I think I'm going to actually retract that. I think I'm going to go with the Blues with a bit of an upset, if you want to call it, but it's not really an upset. Predators versus Stars, I think Predators are going to win this series. Um, the Stars are a little bit like the Islanders. They're trouble-scoring goals, and uh, not as much as us, but they also have a much better... They have, a, they have a great goaltending thing as well. They have a great goaltending, in Bishop. Uh, they finished second in the league in goals allowed behind the Islanders. And speaking of that, the Islanders won the Jennings Trophy for least goals allowed in a season. So Grice and uh, Leonard both get their names on the trophy because they both had, I believe the threshold is 20 starts each. So as long as they both had 20 starts, uh, they're both on it. Otherwise, it's just one guy. Uh, that's unbelievable. Last time the uh, Islanders led the league in, uh, this was back in the 80s as well. Um, it, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, probably gonna have a Masterton, Masterton trophy for, um, Leonard as well for Perseverance. Um, everybody knows the story he had in The Athletic early in the season where he talked about his, his, uh, pill abuse and his addictions, his alcoholism, um, depression coming coming out about it and getting, you know, getting the necessary help, talking about it is definitely a big part of it, is that admitting that you have a problem, um, so I don't see how he doesn't win it, he's probably going to finish in the top five of the Vesna as well, I don't think he's going to win, I think Belaveski's going to win it, um, yeah, so it's just been a great season, the Islanders have, I mean, they have a chance to leave this with a lot of hardware, you know, um, Leonard with two trophies and sharing one with Grice. Uh, Barry Trotz is going to be in the running for the Adams for the best coach of the year. Um, he's probably going to finish one or two, um, depending on who you listen to. It sounds like he's either the favorite or the close second favorite. Um, you know, Islanders have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals if they can. If they can knock off the Penguins, then there's no reason why they can't beat the uh, Washington Capitals in the second round. Uh, get to that third round, you have to face maybe. Uh, Tampa Bay or Boston or Toronto. Well, Toronto I feel like we could take on, but I don't know. I don't don't think they could get that far, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's a big game tonight. Uh, I'll be there, guys, tailgating. Look for me in section. uh, parking section 6B. That's where I'm always parked. I'm on the end of the aisle. Probably be a little inebriated, but, you know, that's it. All right, guys, this is the playoff preview. I hope to be back maybe on Thursday night um, after – I'm not going to record after the game. I'm definitely not going to have the energy to record tomorrow night. Uh, So I'm hoping Thursday I'll be able to record uh, in time for Game 2, have it released for Game 2 on Friday. All right, guys, thanks you so much for tuning in to the Belmont Skates Islander podcast. My name is Craig Dixon. Thank you once again for tuning in. You can follow my Twitter account at Craig J. Dixon. You can follow the podcast at Belmont Skates. You can like our page on Facebook at Belmont Skates. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, podcast.com, and wherever you find your podcast. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in, and let's go, Islanders, baby. Playoffs! Fucking right.